pass the time. <laughs> Use your common sense. Don't forget the blogs. Forget how you feel about me. Hate me if you want to. Love me if you want. But just use your common sense. How stupid would it be for me to, with my crazy past and what I've been through? Oh, right now I just think I need to be a monster and hold girls against their will, chain them up in my basement, and and don't let them eat and don't let them out unless they need some shoes down the street from their uncle. Stop it, y'all quit playing. Yo, can we? You don't believe me. You need more people. Welcome back to the better to better than you pod. We are here again. Another day, another week. We had a lot happen the last week, so we want to get into it. How's everybody doing? I'm not going to go through any introductions. Everybody just give me a cool. Everybody had a good weekend. We straight? Yeah, everything is all uh, good. Yeah, good, good. We got, yeah, a, we got a lot to we got a, we got a lot to get into. Um, thankfully, and I'm so happy that we was on point, that everybody in the group chat was on point. We caught wind of this right before we before we started to record. So we get to get we get to get right into it. I mean, even though it's not the whole thing. It's just a few clips of Miss Gail King and Mr. Robert Kelly, who's looking fat as a motherfucker. Well, uh, Mr. Robert Kelly talking about having an exclusive interview about his new case and allegations that he has against him. Yo, um, on the low? Yeah. On the low, Gail King and Robin Roberts have been killing it, Joe, for this last probably couple of years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just want to get them their respect while, while we at it because they're getting all the dope interviews. Go ahead, though. And no doubt, in Women's Month. Women's Month is definitely right. getting their props. But want to get right into it. I mean, there's only two clips. Obviously, there's probably, from what I understand, and um, watching the whole piece, the interview lasted about an hour and an hour and a half. They literally just wrapped about maybe 30 minutes ago from what I understand from uh, CBS News. So it literally just happened, and they just put these clips out right now, and it's going to air tomorrow. It's air tomorrow. So just from what we saw, from R. Kelly passionately <laughs> trying to give his plea. <laughs> passionately, yeah. Passionate, uh, hey, you call it what he's passionately. You know, the Muffin Man was passionately. You know what, man? You know what, man? You know what, man? You know what I have to, you know what I have to to ask, Kel? R. Kelly. Do you think we stupid? (laughs) Do you think we stupid? Mm -hmm. You touched them girls, yo. You did this. He did that shit. He got an issue, man. I don't want to hear his cry. Everybody cry when they get caught, yo. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good TV, though. It's good TV. I mean, whether you love R. Kelly or you oh, hate yeah. him, That's a fact. it's really good TV. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because, I, I mean, I love Gail King. Oh, we got to. I love Gail King. When I watch she get interviewed, I don't know, a watermelon, I'd, I'd watch. I love watermelon, fact. too. But, yo, um, mm-hmm. it's R. Kelly shit, though. It's like, mm. when was the last interview he gave? Right, and that's what right exactly, Joe. Because that's what exactly I want. I don't think it was the Torrey interview. I think there was an interview after. Yeah, the it was Torrey the one where he interview. walked off the set and he he was right. He was complicating. He was commenting on the woman 
um, yeah. have her appearance and all the rest. Yeah, of Mark. It's a, I think that was CNN something because Mark Lamont. No, nah, it was like some. It. it was like it was like some Google or something. Like, it was an internet. Oh, was okay. Okay, there was yeah. something different. I thought that was like that CNN piece that he did. Nah, he walked yeah, off. Yeah, that. He said he's he not going to talk about old things. No doubt. And then he never did an interview again after that. Yeah. No doubt. So he's been silent. So this is the first time, and he looks a little bit, um, shall I say, unhinged. So who mm. knows where that interview goes when we get the full, you know. The full, the full interview to see everything and, and be able to understand everything. Yeah, but it is what it is. Like it you know, is what like, it is, right? Yeah, like all right, look at. But I'm just saying. But really, be before you get into, it, I was really just yeah. saying because we never seen R. Kelly unhinged the way oh, no. that we yeah, just saw important. from what we saw. So I don't know where it's going, but go ahead. It it is an important and a different take than we than we usually get to see. No, but what I'm saying is that you know, like I'm sure he is. Actually, he is fighting for his life, but rightfully so. You know what I mean? Like, you touch little girls. You should be fighting for your life. Like, I don't feel sorry for the man up there crying and acting a fool, yo. Like, I really don't. Right. He could say all the things that he wants to. Do I think he's stupid? Yes, I do think you're stupid. You don't know how to read or write. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know what he's talking about. Like, yeah, do I think you would do this multiple times? Yes, because you have a disease and a sickness. You do it one time, you'll do it again, because that's sick. That's it. No doubt. Been doing it for 30 years. 30 years. Yeah, she's consistent. You know what I mean? Something to be said for consistency. But it's like, stupid. Consistency is stupid. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But uh nah, man, it, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. I, I really enjoyed the clip. Watched the clip multiple times. And uh when he started crying and said he was fighting for his life, I right. love that shit. I love right. that shit. Because like you said, yeah, motherfucker, you, you should be fighting for your life. You are fighting for mm. your life because in this, in this, like this climate right now, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in this whole Me Too era and stuff, I know this is like different, mm. ain't like the same type thing, whatever. But right now, I feel like women can get like can get their shit off. You know what I'm saying? Get a little mm. more respect than they would have, or maybe a lot more respect than they would have like 10, 20 years ago. When yeah. R. Kelly was first getting all of this bullshit, you know, I mean, getting all getting all his getting all his bullshit exposed. So, I mean, I really hope like to watch that clip when they are sending him to jail, and I don't want to see a brother go to jail for nothing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But he is going to jail for a lot of something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I say fuck him. Like, um, shit, we probably wouldn't even go and talk about R. Kelly anymore if we ain't see that clip. But uh, y'all got anything else to say on this man? Yeah, I just I, I wanna I wanna I mean we're gonna get into a deep more obviously when we see the full thing, but just to give a little bit more background of what's going on. I'm sorry, not a little bit more background. Everything that's coming up tomorrow, Gail also sat down with two people that we are you know aware of, Azriel Clary, and if you're not familiar with who, if you don't remember who exactly she is from the documentary, she was the person whose parents were there and went to the studio and were throwing mm. rocks. Mm. I mean, that's, that shit still has me so here. They were throwing rocks at the window. That's, that's, she sat down with that daughter and she also sat down with the Savage, the Jocelyn Savage, who we are all aware was the father that kind of, I don't want to say got the ball rolling, but was really the kind of the first family that stepped out into the limelight saying that they yeah. wanted to do wellness checks and everything. So she also sat down with them. As well, so there's a lot. There's gonna be a lot to really unpack, and that. Yo, the Clary family. 
Yeah. The Clary family looks funny under the light to me. I'm telling you, they should. Oh man, no disrespect. Like yeah, I'm not I, throwing no rocks. At, I can't. At you gotta burn the building down, man. Yo, you understand, down, man? I gotta burn the block down, man. Got kids. Yo, we in there. I'm not worried about the law at that point. I know you in there, or we going in there. It's me and a couple others, or a couple others, and then they come get me if everything cool or something like that. But we doing something. It's we not got just to. happening while I'm yelling and saying, come out here and throwing rocks. But I mean, I know that's a tangent and all the rest of that, but they look super funny under the light, too. Like, they look like, I don't, let me not say nothing. I'm just saying that. But no, 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 you're right. And like I said, I'm, I mean, one of the hardest things Master P ever said was when he said, if that's my child, I'm burning the whole block down and making everybody come outside. It ain't going to be no lifetime documentary. It's going to be CNN and Fox. I'm getting them in the block down because I'm bringing everybody out and we're going to put it we just going to put a but I'm glad that we was able to get that in because I think that's some pertinent information to make everybody aware of that they need to be tuning in tomorrow to see not only what R. Kelly has to say but really to hear from Jocelyn Savage and Azrael Clary and you know and I'm pretty sure there'll be some a lot of what their parents have to say after that is but unfortunately we're going to go right from that into another from a music standpoint, because R. Kelly is a musical icon, even though he's a piece of shit. He's a musical icon, but we're going to go from one <clears> to <throat> another in the Leaving Neverland, excuse me, Leaving Neverland <laughs> documentary that aired. And I, and I, and true transparency, I didn't get a chance to see the whole thing. So I want you guys, because I know you guys watched and you also watched, I believe, the uh, Oprah, the After Neverland or whatever. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not sure what yeah. she called it. After Neverland interviews. Yeah. and led into what that was. And there was also, and I want to, again, I want to give full vision of everything. The Jacksons, the brothers also, the Jackson Five, or well, still the Jackson Five because they had all five brothers there, minus Michael. They also weighed in on it and what they felt about it. But I want to let you guys take the lead on that as I didn't really see it. So I don't want to, I want to make sure we understand it, everything that happened during that. All right, in full context before Joe breaks it down because he's probably better at that than me. But for context, like, of the accusers, the people who have ever accused MJ, they all either turned, they all have recanted, you know what I mean? Because there was several years of, it was over a decade of FBI files, the CIA. I mean, he, this man has had to take pictures of his genitalia. You know what I mean? Like, this all, this is not, it wasn't a short process. They have tried to get Michael Jackson before. And these same people who have, who, been given a, a quarter by Oprah. Just a few years ago, they were sitting there saying that Michael Jackson didn't do it, and they were showing his memorabilia and et cetera. But now, the two that are broke are in front in the limelight now, saying, "Oh, Michael Jackson touched me." You know what I mean? And Oprah has this fetish with uh, 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 child abuse. You know what I mean? Sexual right. abuse of children. She has a fetish with that, so it triggers her, and so. Like, I, I understand why she gave them uh, uh, this space, but I don't understand why she gave them this space. And I think Joe probably, had, you know what I mean, can explain, like, exactly what was going on a lot better than me because, you know, he's probably a lot better than that. But I was just pissed watching it because it, they offer no real proof. Matter of fact, <clears throat> what it looked like to me is, Dag, I want to be friends with my. I wish I was friends with Michael. He was, like, a good-ass <laughs> friend to have. You know what I mean? But go ahead, Joe. Yeah, uh, I watched about 80% of Leaving Neverland. I didn't watch the total end of the second part, but if you didn't watch it, it was pretty much um, the story of uh, 
two guys, uh, Wade uh, Robson, Robson, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Then the, the motherfucker, Man, the, motherf- nah, the motherfucker that cheated and slept with Britney and all yeah. that, that broke up that shit, that motherfucker. Let's be yeah. clear. Okay. Part of my French. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But screw their names. Like, I, we ain't I, even going to try I, to make I, I just said it was, it, was, it was these two white boys that were around Michael Jackson when they were younger. Mm-hmm. One was named Jimmy, one was named Wade, whatever. And wow. the whole documentary was just those two and their families talking about all of this great stuff that Michael Jackson did for them and like picked their sons out of like obscurity and had them dancing on like tour and all of this stuff and their Pepsi commercials and all this. And the boys talked about having the most fun with Michael Jackson, all of this stuff. And then they said at a certain point, things became sexual. They got real graphic with the details. I'm not going to get that graphic with the details because it just sounded wild and crazy. But these guys said that MJ like was like their boyfriend and would buy them gifts. And yeah. they were like seven, eight, nine, ten, and yeah. stuff like that. And I mean, everybody knows these stories from before. And like you said, these guys, they, when they took the stand, they, well, when they were younger, they didn't uh, stand by these stories. But now, Michael Jackson. Even later than that. Yeah. Even when they were older. they Even when they're older, they, they took the stand again. But go ahead. Yeah, but for some reason, 10 years after the man died, someone saw an opportunity to make a documentary just on the words of these two guys, mm. you know what I'm saying? And their families. And None of them seem trustworthy. I'm not trying to attack any like people that were abused, but like you said, with all of this sketchy stuff they've done before, and now all of a sudden they just they just had this documentary. And, I, and I'm wondering why the hell HBO decided to show this. I mean, we just finished talking yeah. about R. Kelly and because Oprah. Yeah, I guess Oprah. I mean, but the thing, it's, it's, Oprah give you if, if Oprah come to you with an idea because Oprah says she. She's the one that that found out that this was happening, and she gave the quarter. If Oprah come to you and I did it, man, it's gonna get on HBO. And yo, honestly, I, I love Oprah because of like what she's done and what she's like a symbol of. You know, the strong black woman did all of this stuff. She does great works in the community and all that shit. But it's like, I think she had to hear a little something about that R. Kelly documentary that had like dozens of women telling their stories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I'm sure she. But it was the dude. But it was the dude. You know what happened, man? Oprah watched this documentary. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And and she and she said she liked it and and gave it quarter and that's how that's how she got all this stuff. That's why she she put it in front of everybody else. But like, if you watch this, like, what did you get from it, Oprah? That's what I don't understand. Like, I still don't understand. She's just triggered by sexual abuse. You know what I mean? I think the problem that Mike had is. And, you know, he always felt like he's missing a childhood and he always looked at middle class white childhood and he thought that was the thing. And maybe, you know, it might be the thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're Mike and, and in the 80s and you're looking around and you're like, yo, who getting it the most? And you're looking at these middle class white people that go to the supermarkets and dance around and be all happy with, they, with their kids and stuff like that, with their friends and go to soccer games and stuff like that. He's like, oh, all right, this is what it is. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. see that, see that the way he created his house, the Neverland house. You know what I mean? He had a zoo in there. He probably didn't get to go to the zoo. <laughs> no he doubt. He had a, um, 
amusement parks and carnival, you know what I mean? He probably ain't get to go to amusement parks and carnival. I want to go to Neverland, no doubt. The ill shit. No, but you know what? We making we making jokes about it and just just a little bit of. I'm not making a joke. No, no, I mean just Neverland. You're right, but I'm just saying, just think about it. I mean now. Drake, we would maybe make Drake and maybe an Ariana Grande, we may consider to be the two biggest male and female artists out there today. They mm-hmm. live a more civilized life than what Mike was able to do. So I can understand insulating yourself and having to create your own world because you can't have access to the outside, excuse me, the outside world. But excuse me, not Ariana Grande. Let me be clear before yeah. the Beehive get at me. Beyond uh, Drake and Beyonce. Beyonce. That is a horrible mistake. Yeah, y'all. that's a terrible mistake. Mm. You might, and you should have probably said Jay Z and Beyonce leave Drake out of it. Well, I put Drake because Drake is a little bit more current and more visible, so it's a little bit more. I guess attainable. Yeah. It's a little bit more attainable in terms of. Okay. They, you know, I could see them like I've heard Beyonce dropping her kids off to school. Mike could never yeah. do that. Like, what type yeah. of fr- what type of friend could Mike? To be honest, outside of um uh the um. Again, names uh, always slip me. Uh, the Godfather's son was one of his best friends. Um, the guy that played the Godfather. Um, I mean, really, really, Brando. Yeah, really, yeah, Brando's yeah, son really, was his like, best friend. But also, you gotta look like. Remember, Eddie Murphy used to run the world. Like it was Mike. It was Magic Johnson. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was Eddie Murphy. Like they kind of ran the. They world, did, you know but what I mean? don't think anybody was at Mike's level. They, that, that's what I was about to, that's okay, what I was about gotcha, to follow gotcha. you up with. That's okay. what I was about to follow up with. I said, hey, but see, like if you if you look at how huge they are, because right. they even have huge standing today, like they still were like little stars around Mike's planet. You right. know what I mean? They were like little moons around the planet Mike. Because when Mike would be there, they would just look cowardly. You know what I mean? It just wasn't the same. You know what right. I mean? That's, that's and, what it was. Yeah. And what was your take on it? <laughs> I believe him. I don't care. I believe him. I believe, believe everything. The, the kids. I, I believe everything the kids live said. from a cave in Africa. Right. <laughs> I, no, I live from a cave in Africa. I just don't care because the whole thing is that when you get this history of abuse and everything that kind of goes along with it, I mean, they say things like, "Oh, he had him over and he took care of him, everything else." Like that that's what abusers do. That's that's their their plan. They seduce you. They give you the things you want. They make you feel important. Then they get you vulnerable. They get you weak. Then they attack you. You heard about this. You heard about the same thing with the Me Too movement. It's not any different. It is hard to fathom, especially with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. especially with R. Kelly. Well, not necessarily with R. Kelly. It's just that it's people that we have this connection with through their music. We don't give a fuck about who they are as a person. Like, no one really cared about Mike's personal life or R. Kelly's personal life. It just became Shit. that way because it became kind of a news thing. But, I mean, you're only interested in them because of the music. If they were just regular schmegler dudes and this was going on, it's like put the ass underneath the jail. I mean, we're going to do that with R. Kelly, but you're not going to do that with Michael Jackson because, well, you know, he's dead. But if it did occur, if he wasn't a regular-ass guy... I mean, you can't lock him up. He's dead. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Let me get on this real quick, though. The thing is, right, I feel you. Like, I watched the shit, and I listened to these guys talk, tell these stories, and if this was the first time I ever saw either one of these dudes tell their stories, I would have been like, damn, this shit makes sense. You know what I'm saying? If mm. there wasn't this okay. history of these motherfuckers like wow. lying and like recanting and shit like that. Because the thing is yeah. this, Michael Jackson was the biggest star in the world. But when they brought yeah. that fucking opaque looking nigga, I mean, when they brought dude, when they brought Mike to court and he had to like face these charges... Yeah, he wasn't top of the world, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 
This is when he. But Mike owned the Sony. Mike owned the Sony catalog. He owned the Beatles catalog, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. They was on his head from the start. I'm just, I'm just saying... I don't even think that's a conspiracy, man. Because he, because listen, man, all this stuff it happened, and these are like these are these all became stories yeah. that people told, but the actual proof says that he didn't do it. You know what I mean? Well, like the actual fact, like as far as we actually know from what, what was happening then and, and, you know what I mean, and even now, like it all said that he didn't do it. But what did happen is he did own, he did own the Sony catalog. He did get a piece of everything that was happening. He was going around telling people they're trying to kill him. You know what I mean? So uh, what else could you do? You assassinate a person's character. Yeah. Again, I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that, I mean, that's exactly what Richard Nixon did. That's what Donald Trump does right now to Robert Mueller. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it, it's just, it, it's a fact of the matter. Like, you see a guy, he has all this power, he's on top of the world, and he owns the thing that you want most in the world, and he's making money off some of the major, some of the most major conglomerates in one of the hottest industries in America. Yeah, they were going to try to bring him down. Yeah, and that's what I'm it saying. Like, work. at the time when he was there, it was like, he was crucified more than R. Kelly was <clears throat> with the tape at that point. You know what I'm saying? Listen, because when R. Kelly went to trial on the tape, it was like people saw the tape and folks were shooting R. Kelly a whole bunch of bail. It's like, well, maybe R. Kelly wasn't Mike. Yeah, ever. that's what I'm saying. But he, but he right. got a whole bunch of benefit of the doubt when they brought Michael Jackson out there. Everybody was already talking about he was a freak because of all the plastic surgeries, all this shit. Yeah, he listen, was talking about a freak for doing all of this shit for the children. So he was when lined it, up. If them motherfuckers, right? Yeah. Them motherfuckers <laughs> that made that documentary. Mm. Would have stuck to their little guns and shit, and, t- yeah. and said that Mike did this, that, whatever in in in, in court. They would have put Michael Jackson in jail just like they like these folks put fucking Bill Cosby in jail. They would have put Mike mm. in jail and all of that shit that Mike, all that defense. money, all that Mike that no, no, all the money that Mike had and shit. Them motherfuckers could have got damn near any lawyer to take their case to do civil suits, and they would have got millions of fucking dollars. Listen, when you the one thing with Michael Jackson that, and I know a lot of people, and especially a lot of young people who are not aware, they're gonna make the immediate parallel to R. Kelly because they don't know, and mm-hmm. I can understand that. But we have to be very clear in this digital age when we can go back and we can look things up. R. Kelly, though he may have been acquitted of that specific crime simply because the girl didn't show up. To court. So in the clip we talked about, I mean, I'm sorry, in the clip with the arcade, he talks about I was acquitted, but he was acquitted because the girl never showed up. When you go back to the Michael Jackson cases, especially about the 1993 allegations with Mike, finally, and what we have to understand about, actually, I don't want to go in that direction, but in 1993, when Mike finally defi- decided to fight the allegations, right. the ni- and I've oh, referenced this in our group chat and I'll reference it again. The 1994 the defining 1990, I'll never forget, it's the 1994 GQ article by Mary Fisher that sets the record straight where the parents came out and said, we told our children to lie. And that is key. That is very key here when mm-hmm. you're talking about these allegations. And I understand where people who may not be aware or a story like that that did get buried and that had to be brought to the forefront and that people did not know a lot about because it was buried. When because there's always the always we always hear the lie is more entertaining than the truth. We're always gonna go with the lie when it's more entertaining than the truth. And sometimes you have to dig deep 
especially in a situation like this, especially when an explosive documentary coming coming out on the heels of the R. Kelly documentary coming out, living in the times that we live, that we give a lot of context to what happened back in the 90s with a lot of these children who are coming out today and where they were, where their parents saw a check and sold their kids. For lack of a better term, that's what they did. They sold their kids. Mike didn't do anything in this case. In this case, mm-hmm. in the case that can, you can specifically document and say where the parents came out and said, hey, we saw everybody else was getting paid. Yeah, That's clue number one. So we decided to do it too. So that lets you know it was a game they was running on Mike and because he was open-hearted and because maybe he was small-minded and because maybe the people around him weren't as strong as maybe they should have been, this happened and he was able to fight it and win and then the parents had to come out and say, we told our kids to lie. So there has to be full context and you have to do your quote-unquote Googles to get up on what's really going on. Also point of fact, in the interview last night, the, um, the dude... The dude uh, said, he said, he said, I, um, I came out because I heard Wade's story. I mean, so you heard this man's story and then you came out? Yeah. Like, that's what he said. So I, it, all of those type of things. And, and it opened up, Oprah opened, opened the thing up and said, whether it's true or not, you know what I mean? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, Oprah, whether it's true or not? You're giving these people a platform and you're treating it like it's right. true. And we have you know what I mean? and, and to your point B, we have to be clear when you, sister, when you, Oprah, when you yeah. open, when you stand next to them, you have to understand whether you want to make that point or not, it's different. And it's different for us. And when I say us, I mean black people. It's different for us. That's why I'm saying it would have been right. a really, really great thing if Oprah would have stood by all of those black women in the R. Kelly thing. You know what I'm saying? But we've been talking about this. I think three of us are on the side that these <laughs> folks are known liars and that might mm-hmm. probably do yeah. some shit. We can't say 100%, but we are on the thing where we think Mike probably didn't do a damn right. thing with these folks that made that whole yeah. documentary. Right. So I think we right. should give Ant a little bit of time to like Give a rebuttal on behalf of these two yeah. white boys that said Mike. So so I'm the lawyer for the white boys. I'm not the I am not the lawyer for the white boys. I am not the lawyer at all. Nope, not nope. Just is it's quite simply it's like you had the discussion, you bring up the point saying that, you know. It took the one dude to come forward and the other ones come forward and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's generally how it goes. It it, it just takes one person with enough courage to step forward like, yo, this happened to me. Because if it happened to other people, someone needs to say something. Someone has to break the wall. And it had to be this one person. Uh-huh. No matter how the story goes or whatever else it believes, if he said it happened, he believed it and everything that goes on, it's always one. It's always all right. Well, the, well uh, that's cool. That's true. That's true. And and, I, that I, is, and, that, I, and, I, and I'm glad that's you have true. that perspective that because it makes for yeah. it makes the it makes the conversation go a little bit deeper and things when whether we had all agreed. But I'm gonna just say I still this. think it's bullshit. I do. Like, I do too. Right, I do you know too. what I mean? But yeah, I want to yeah, see. He's right. I want to see if right. if they suing. Like, what's really going on? Let me see. Is there anything underlying about what you're doing? Because the one thing yeah. I can the one thing I could say about the R. Kelly documentary. And what Dream Hampton said, they paid none of those women. 
So those women went out there, went out, went out there, told their story with no compensation. There was nothing. They they had nothing. There was no money. There was no nothing well, to monetarily gain from I, that. I doing that, I, I know what you're gonna say, Joe. Because directly, like directly. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I heard that these well, these white boys didn't get any money for the documentary. I don't know oh, they did. Okay, it, that's but that was something they, they said, like that was thrown out there. But you know. Fuck it, man. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's it's, not true. It's, it's weird. That is that's know. not true. That they, these no, these white boys did, did get money for the documentary. They're behind the documentary. Yeah. I need to see the check. I need to see the check. Yeah, no, I need to see the. I need to see. I need to see the credits. I need some paperwork. They were talking about it last night. Like, I just don't understand. Like, if they've actually said this, that's another. Yo, they they follow, they go with the whole Donald Trump school alliance. Like, it's right in front of us. We know all the facts, and then you try to change it. Like, what are you talking? It's not even sensational. If we know all the facts is right in front of you, and then and then you try to act like it's not there, like the fuck are you talking about? I'm saying that this when you straight up line. when you deal with powerful people, and you deal with people you trust, and you deal with people you quote unquote love, it's just difficult. Uh-huh. Whenever it comes out, just just kind of a, a tangent off of that. That's why like it took a while. This shit was going on for decades. Same thing happened with Catholic priests. Shit was going on for a very long time. These were boys that they had in their control. These are boys that they have molested yeah, and they have molested. No, 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 it's not. These are men in power oh, yeah, position that took advantage of little boys and did not want to do yeah, anything but to harm them. Religion is fundamental. But religion is fundamental to people and who they are in a lot of cases, especially when it comes to, to, to uh, um, Catholicism. You know yeah. Or like Judaism, Catholicism, Islam. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's different. It's fundamental to who you are. So to go against that is, is a lot different. And, and a lot harsher than to go against a pop star. Well, I, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. How you look at him. He wasn't, I, I get he the wasn't direct, a, I get the direct correlation. A pop star. He was the pop star. True. Okay, but I and I understand. I understand that direct correlation yeah. or whatever. But it it's 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 less fundamental to the person and and who you know what I mean. Like I, you could have found people that that would have been like I right, f Mike. You know what I mean? You could have found whole it, like the, the, the FBI ran a whole case for ten years over a decade you know you know so it was like it wasn't just they weren't just alone out here but these two people who are in front right now were during that decade of case running where he had over six thousand pages in, in his file they were saying mike was not guilty they were saying that it was all a lie yeah these two people were saying right so regardless of what you say that actually happened these dudes are liars and there's no way you can get off that. We're talking about dudes lying. Yeah, we could go. Speaking of people lying, lying. lying. <laughs> talking about some dudes lying and being greasy and grimy. I mean, you know, you know I mean, let's talk. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get into. Let's get into Tristan, Chloe, Jordan, and 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 the King and Queen Smith. That was. I mean, that was. Uh, listen. Shouts to the Smith. Shout though. out to the Smith. To me, yeah. Black Royal. I watched that. God. I watched that, and I watched mm. it twice to make sure I caught everything that was Fuck happening. That. Get a red but tape. Before, no before, before, before we get into it, though, let's like break it down. Um, normally, I don't think we would give a fuck about. Chloe Kardashian yeah. and Tristan Thompson. Like, and it's not because it's still don't. We still don't. But, uh, I, do. well, I mean, all right, you might. That's fine. Right. But <laughs> we, you're, a basketball, you're a basketball fan. You care. That's yeah, fine. but I think everybody listening pretty much knows like 
who Khloe Kardashian is. Everybody knows Kardashians. And knows that her yeah. her kid's father was Tristan Thompson. And Tristan been caught, like, I swear a dozen times cheating on this girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a dozen times cheating on this girl. Like every and, day. you know, man. she keep bringing them back. You know, God bless everybody. You know, do what they do. But the most recent one, when, when Tristan got caught out there, one of the Kardashians' friends, um, Chloe's youngest sister, Kylie's like best buddy, um, her best friend Jordan Woods. Jordan Woods, be a beautiful sister. I right. think she do like a little model in the sign. But um, she was with some of her girls, supposedly, allegedly, she was with some of her girls at Tristan Thompson's house, and it was like a party or something. And Tristan was doing his thing, and she said that Tristan like kissed her goodbye. And didn't really do nothing else, but folks said that she was a little mixy at the party. And uh, next thing we know, the Kardashians is blasting her like she, Monica Lewinsky, she's the enemy, the president. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and to give, and to give some, and give, to give some more context, um, going more uh, from the interview standpoint, she said she was already out at another spot. And a person, uh, I've I frequented LA a lot, and, and it's the the house party capital of the world. You go to some place because everything in LA closes at one, one thirty, two o'clock the latest. You go to somebody's house for a house party. Mm-hmm. So she went to his house and it ended up being his house that they went to the house party for. And she sat up there. She was sitting on the couch. She put his legs on top of. She put her legs on top of his legs. People made assumptions. You know how? Well, I can't say you know how LA is, but LA is a real chatty town, especially when it comes to Kardashians. Everybody's trying to maneuver. Everybody's trying to get in position. That's what LA is about. It's always about trying to put yourself in position. And she said she stayed there till seven o'clock in the morning. And when she went to leave, uh, and when she went to leave, he kissed her on the mouth. And she was taken back. She said she didn't kiss back. And then she left. She kind of was like, oh, all right. But again, like Joe said, she was a little bit, you know what I'm saying, mixed up. And then had to uh, and then and then left. And never mm-hmm. said never said anything about it, but rumors got out, the people got out, TMZ caught wind, and you know when there's a Kardashian involved, it kind of landslides. And right, I will say, and I'll and yeah. I'll let everybody get into it in a minute, but I, I want to be clear. Everything I said, nah, I gave more context. Yeah, I know. Except for like, yo, yo, I mean, you took I know, the long way. Let, you, let me you, ask you. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. But I just want to say, let me yeah. just say this. Then I'm gonna let everybody go. I just want right, to be clear. The damn Kardashians are marketing experts. And the keeping up with Kardashian right, nah, season's about to come out. No, no, no. They okay. use this as a tool. They use it ding, as a ding, tool. Ding, ding, ding. They use it as a tool for the upcoming right. season. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Oh, the story no, they, hold on. We got the story twice. There's this girl. Her name is Jordan Woods. She's like Kylie Jenner's best friend. She she was like, now time. I got to respond to the shit that Alex just said to, to, to not catch <laughs> out of the way. Because, right. like, that's such bullshit because Kylie and Jordan were actually coming out with a makeup line that all these little kids was on. You know what I mean? That's why I know about it. And, yo, as soon as this shit happens, it goes, everything, they dissolve the shit and everything goes on sale for 50% off. That's a huge loss for yeah. Kylie, who today just became, just got announced that she was a billionaire. Yeah, so I Do you do all that for a show? Well, my thing like, is, come on. Yeah. It's, it's just such bullshit. So I like, think, back I think to the normal shit. Yeah, no, but is, back to the normal shit, because they actually it, have real business. Yeah, business. I mean, so, I, I, so back to what I was saying. 
Back when they in the store, back when they in the room, like let's think about this shit, yo. Has any woman ever put their legs over your legs? Yep. Just as some casual shit. Sure. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, yeah. I'm, right, just, right. I'm just being honest, yeah. Oh y'all ain't so y'all ain't jumping off then. See, no. it's different type. See, different type. Calibers I'm a gentleman, nigga. Dudes, yo. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, different type calibers of dudes. When Shorty start doing something like that, and she all next to me, especially me in a party. Words is being exchanged. It might probably most likely not for me. You understand what I'm saying? Like, she's mm-hmm. not there for no reason. She's sitting here drinking and talking to him. You know what I mean? She just sitting there being quiet. Are you trying nah. to say a woman can't have a conversation with a man without sex being involved? Um, no, nah, not in a party what I'm like saying, that dog. when you're sitting there with your legs all That's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm he's saying. saying. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying, listen to what happened. I'm saying, listen to, listen to what she said happened. Yeah. She said, yo, I wasn't blackout drunk. We was mixy talking it up in the party. You know what I mean? We got there. I thought I, I felt comfortable with him. Okay. I, I know where B going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then when we left, he kissed me. You know what I mean? And so, like, yo, you got to understand, she's saying that. So, I'm like, all right, yo, listen, man, shorty, yo. Like, I, I get it and all the rest of that. Like, when I'm listening to all the things she said, and, and I'll, I'll couch it with all of this. At the end of what Jada Pinkett said, she basically said, protect the sister and hold her down, and I am. I'm, I'm, I'm Team Jordan Woods over any Kardashian, Jenna, or, you know what I mean, or any of them dudes. You, you understand what I'm saying? I don't, care if they, I don't care if Kanye put out a mixtape about it. Yeah. I'm dissing all of it. You understand and, what I mean? And, uh, yeah, but, so the whole thing, like, what you just, like, talking about, so there's the girl. Jordan Woods, friends with Kylie Jenner. We're doing this again. No, what I'm saying is this. You talk, you already talking about the Red Table talk and like making, like, we ain't even introduced this shit. We can't assume everybody saw it. No, we didn't. No, no, we we, We did. We we, we just jumped into it. The thing is, this girl, we didn't even say her connection. Okay, so that's the story. She's best friends with Kylie Jenner. Listen to the last episode. We talked about who she is and the connection. But go ahead. No, we didn't. No, we did. Kid. It's all right, Joe. We good. Just go ahead, man. We good, Joe. We good. Break it down. Nah, no, never. Break it down. <laughs> 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 Listen, Listen time, Joe. What Joe saying? What Joe saying is that her I pops was... was a sound engineer on, on... the um, the, the, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. She's also the god. The, Jada is her godmother, and Will is her godfather. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So that's the connection to that's the connection that's the to the Smiths. That's why she was there. So anyway, my, my, my so whole... Shorty gets on the Shorty gets on the, right. on the red table talk, and she oh she like honestly, I feel like she left some things out, but I'm good with the things she left out. You know what I mean? I really am, cause you know why? Cause 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 Queen Smith told me to be good with it, and I'm good with that. Can I ask three questions? You can ask as many as you want, bro. It'd be three. One. <laughs> Did anyone in any way, shape, or form confirm that she had sex with Tristan Thompson? No. Okay. Two. Now, so Tristan's wife is now saying or texting that, like, she destroyed the family over a leg lock. She she came back off of that the next day. Right. All right, sure. She she, she recanted the next day and and said, I was just emotional and I'm all over the place, and she didn't destroy her family. But she did say, she did say, I was, you know... A friend of the family. I, I thought that, that yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Stay the fuck off Twitter if you're feeling emotional. Three, if Tristan been bouncing back and forth on her after all this time, and this, I'm, and this, these aren't my words. These are the words of Gilbert Arenas. Are we sure that her vagina's not trash? Yeah. 
Hey, listen. Listen, let me tell you. Let me tell you something just, that, that's, that's very serious. No, no. No, Anthony, Anthony, I really have something to say to you that's very serious. And I think this is very serious to all of us right now. It's True. really near Jared and I, the person that I feel the most sorry for, and I think it's under discussed, I feel very sorry for Tristan Thompson. He's been trying to let, let out flags that he's trying to leave this woman forever. <laughs> and she is not letting him escape. I mean, her first tweet was, well, I forgive him because that's my baby father, but I hate you, Jordan. I bet you Tristan threw everything in his house. Tristan might have burnt down his home that day. Like, damn, I can't do shit to get rid of this chick. You understand so, what I'm saying? So, so like, Tristan I, fucking yeah, around is, oh, a, is a call for help? It's a call. It, it's a cry for help, man. It's a 911. He's screaming, yo. Come Lamar, on, man. Lamar smoked Tristan. dope to get away from us. Yo, Lamar had to, Lamar had to smoke crack. He had to smoke crack. <laughs> he, had to pre, he had to be pronounced dead to get away from her. You understand? Hey, yo, the Harden, Harden did it kind of smooth. He blamed the league. You know what I mean? Um, French Montana moved. You know what I mean? You know how Bronx dudes move. Whatever. You know what I mean? So this dude, Tristan, man, he's a, he's a, he's a Jamaican from Canada, man. He he moving how he moved. No and doubt. So he trying to yeah, like you shout, understand. Shout, a, a light little shout out to Trina who's sitting there saying she's minding her own business, <laughs> sitting there letting it run the court, letting it run the course. That's that karma. Mm-hmm. Let it do. No doubt. Because so you Chloe call- takes everybody's man. What? She took Lamar? Well, he I think he had just had the um with the the baby with the, the other girl with his She um... took Lamar, she took French. Trina she said took she Trent, found nah. out about her. Yeah. She Trina said she found out about her taking French by by watching the news like everybody else. Yo, that's <laughs> yo B. Let me tell you something. I don't you know what I'm saying? This is Trina. Let, let me let, let, let me just give let me let's just give five seconds and applaud that sister Trina. I don't even mm. know. to for you to leave her mm. for that right. to me is crazy. Like I don't even know what you was trying. What was your come up? I don't even understand that. You was already looking for the bag. Nah, nah, nah yo, you gotta think. Nah, listen, on, Trina's a different. Slowly, that's a different breed. No, no, she a different oh, breed. But you gotta understand, yo, like before. Like in the time when 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 um what's the name back there, Chloe was a thing, like it wasn't really like a she was, she was the untouched of, she was coming she off was of the James untouched Harden. not spoken about you know what I mean yeah she was the untouched not not non height non non glamorized Kardashian you know what I mean, and it was different she she talked real greasy so it was cool and she had a donkey so everybody was on it hey. a little bit so yeah. listen to what you say you describing a donkey we talking about truth nah but you but you know what i'm saying like it was a, it was an allure to that like i can't knock him for that like maybe i wouldn't have did it but i can't knock him for being like she was the allure of the car if it was kim and he was like he did that for Kim, i'd be like oh that's stupid he did it for courtney i'd be like oh that's stupid but the space that chloe was in at the time that was the one everybody was whispering about like yo nobody talking about this one <sighs> you know what i mean I'm all just right. saying. Like, all right, man. We, he said he did his thing. I don't. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I just it's, have it's a hard cool, time. Man. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't understand. It's, it's, it's cool. Crazy. I understand. We we go. We, we go. All right, man. We are gonna leave OJ daughter out of this. No, come on. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But again, we want to salute Jada Pinkett Smith for the interview. 
for all the Smiths. giving the other side for all the Smiths. Uncle Will came Smith. in there, said, no "Shut doubt. it down." You know what I mean? I'm yeah. gonna hold them down. Jada no said, "Yo, this is a sister protector." Jada sent out that quiet call to us that's to let right. us know a call to arms. We got right. our fists in the air for Jordan right. Woods. I don't even know what she did right. or and what let, she and, doing, and, but and I'm then, still fists in the air for her. You heard? No doubt. Let's cap, let's cap it with that, and I want Joe to close it out. But let's cap it with that because it's really about that red table talk what that conversation was about and really what surrounded that conversation and what it meant because we know in this day and age, Jordan is only 21. And and going into that interview, she talked about, you know what? Yeah, I might have done something kind of, it might have looked kind of sideways, but yo, my moms can't go to the grocery store. My brother can't go to work. My little little sister can't even go to school because of what? Because the Kardashian name? Because they trying to snuff her out? I mean, when I say snuff yeah. out, I mean to kind of, you know, silence her and, and, and put her put out the pasture from a, from, a, from a career standpoint, from a publicity standpoint. No, because you, you know can't do that. Yeah, you're stupid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Since, since we're going to be sitting here talking about people sitting in front of mics telling the truth to the entire world, let's talk about Michael Cohen and all this jazz that went down with him this week. Yeah. <laughs> Last week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was, there, there's a lot. You're right. Um, and there's a lot to really unpack with that. And, I mean, I think it's something that we really need to spend some time on and really delve into and maybe even have to come back to it because there's going to be a lot of fallout that's going to be coming out in the last in the, in the, in the weeks after it as well. Oh, you yeah. know, Michael Cohen testified, uh, was testimony on, on Capitol Hill, which I feel was very important. I watched it from beginning to end. I watched all the coverage. I watched all the reactions. Um... Again, like I said, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, even starting with his opening statement where he called Trump a bigot and a racist and a crook and a criminal based upon the things that he had done on behalf, carried out on, at the direction of Trump. I mean, he really kind of put him in the space of being a mob boss. And if you're not aware of who Michael Cohen is, he was the... I don't want to say personal lawyer because a lot of people say that he was the lawyer for the Trump organization and he was labeled as, quote unquote, the fixer. So he went out and anything that the Trump organization had issues with, he was the person that was put on it to kind of go and put the fire out if there happened to be a fire there. He, he was also one of Donald Trump's personal lawyers. Oh, he, he, correct. I'm sorry. He, and he yeah. also became one of Donald Trump's personal lawyers when he had to deal with the uh, Stormy Daniels issues. And like I said, well, there's a lot. The go ahead. Go, no, nah, go ahead, B. No, I'm just saying the whole time. Like, it wasn't just Stormy Daniels. He, oh, was, was, he was one of John Trump's personal lawyers. Right, and I was really just pointing out the Stormy Daniels yeah. point because that is kind okay. of the what people know about the most, and among other things, and right. especially when okay. he was undercutting people from paying them. That he, was, he sent out Michael Cohen as his henchman to deliver, you know, legal jargon that people really couldn't understand and might have been afraid Mike. of. Go ahead, go ahead, B. Just chime in. No, I'm chime. saying Mike, Michael, Michael Cohen is also the dude that... that um, um, he's he's the one that that used to send threatening letters to all Donald Trump schools to say that they're not allowed to release his, his uh, education letters. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He he sent he sent threatening letters to all his doctors and 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 um subpoena all his doctors saying that you're not gonna that that they can't release any of his medical uh, documents. I mean, right. he was definitely he was right. a he he's labeled a fixer 
And I guess there's no real name for you know what I mean for like all the things that he did, but he was definitely a person. Right, he he, he, he he did work. He did he did end up having his own space in the Trump organization. Right, and also. we I mean if we were looking at it from a mob standpoint, he was a capo. Yeah, yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He was he was a capo, yeah, and yeah. Trump would have been and Trump would have been a boss. Yeah. And, and from from a mob standpoint, he carried out everything that B just talked about. That's what he carried out at the behest of Trump. And there was a lot to right. dig into. Joe, I want to um go to you in terms of just give me some feedback. What you felt as you was... Let's just start at his opening statement. Tell me what you was feeling when you was listening to his opening statement. Well, listening to him uh, give his opening statement, he seemed to be really... Uh, what's the word? He seemed to be really passionate about wanting to come clean about all of this dirt that he did for Trump. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he seemed sincere... But I think it's real easy to seem sincere when you were facing something like 70, 80 years in jail. <laughs> and you get what, what was the number that he's going to do in terms of years? He's doing less. He's doing four years. Yeah, three to four, something like that. Yeah, so to go from yeah, 70 to like three four, to four man. is like, that'll make a motherfucker sound real sincere. So, yeah, I mean. He's well, pretty- no, see, but hold on. Wait, Joe. Like, I, I think that deserves context too when you say something like that because. Anything that he would have said, uh, in tr- see, there was no benefit to him coming in there. You know what I mean? Anything that he said that would have been wrong, that null and voids his deal because then that's perjury. Oh and, no, no, and, no, no, and, no, no, and, no, 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 no. I was I was just saying how I felt about like the um, the statement. I think he was out there oh, telling the you, truth. No, it, it, yeah, because he had to. Like, I, it, but you just said. No, it, I'm just, I'm just, no, no, I'm just, I'm just lining it up. I'm just lining it up. Okay, how right, go ahead. People, how people like can play both sides of this. This man came out yeah. there and told a whole bunch of stuff. He had like documentation to back up stuff that we've been yeah. hearing whispers about for the longest. And so you got this guy who's essentially a rat to go back to your mob talk. You know what I mean? Who's essentially ratting on the boss? Now, when people usually rat on the boss. On that mob shit, I think they're telling the truth. But he's up there telling this shit, and instead of like just talking like a judge who's like impartial or whatever, he's up there talking to Congress. And the thing was, the thing that got me about the whole proceeding was you got the Democrats, you got the Republicans, you got the folks that's there to make him seem like he's an angel, you got folks to make him seem like he's the devil. And he's telling all this, all this bullshit, all these lies and stuff. I mean, how'd you see it, Ant? I just thought the whole thing was great. I really did. <laughs> I, I did. He came up there. He's like, yeah, I signed this paperwork. I got this deal. I'm doing three instead of 30. So I can go ahead and tell every bit of truth that I can. It's, it's, it's something about, you know, not doing an additional 27 years that makes a man feel free. Like, now I can tell my version of everything that happened. And I mean, it's almost in a way that he knew that this day was coming because he kept everything. It wasn't like he did it and just discarded the evidence. He kept statements. He ran down everything. I thought his testimony was perfect. I thought it was clear. The only thing I really had a problem with was that the people that we have chosen as our elected officials were acting like assholes, (laughs) saying liar, liar, pants on fire. The fuck is wrong with this country? This you, man's like trying to—he's he, trying to tell the truth. You know, about, come on, we, we, we know, we, we know that we know that what that is, though. We know what that is. The whole thing—that his testimony wasn't nah. the most ridiculous part. 
it's the people around him. Yeah, like that's what I was getting to. Like, get the fuck out. Of I mean, that's the illest, I, I that's think... the illest shit. Like I don't watch these things. You know what I'm saying? I, um, <laughs> I'm glad that Brian told us to all watch this as homework for the pod because I don't watch <laughs> these things. But I, I know people are petty. But just to see these old ass motherfuckers, these grown ass <laughs> motherfuckers that were elected yeah. like by the people to, to go adults. to Washington to be adults out there <laughs> be, sounding so partisan, you know what I mean? And I mean, it was fun. Like some of it was pure comic, like <laughs> like comedy, like 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 when the dude said, "With this paperwork, you said you had no foreign entities." But there's a bank <laughs> owned by this foreign place or something like that. Like it was just fun, and then and then the paperwork and they end up being wrong, and they still don't want to come off of that. And then the one dude was um was asking for um well you keep on bringing up these boxes of paperwork, but where are the boxes at? And then he keeps and then he's like, well they took the boxes and I finally got it back after prosecutors had it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was just stupid stuff that they were saying. You know, what I mean? and and you mentioned the word rat. Right, Joe? Yeah. But, like, because we were talking about mob terms. But you know who also mentioned the word rat? Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump called him a rat. Yeah. Now, can I ask y'all a question? Who calls another person a rat? It signifies something. That you actually did a thing, and they're telling about the thing that you and them did together. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not a term... People that are innocent don't call another person a rat. Right, he just, he, he would just call like, him a liar. Say, he's, he's yeah, lying. Yeah, you're a liar. No, he called him a rat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's different. Like, Donald Trump doesn't know how to hide the facts. We're, the point of fact, the only reason we're in any of these hearings, the only reason is because Donald Trump fired the head of the FBI and then got into it, went into a news con- uh, and, and went into a, a Lester Holt interview and said, I fired him because of the tr- Russia collusion thing. You know what I mean? Like, like he, it, it was, it, 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 this is the reason that this all started. It was him that did it. It's him that couldn't shut up. It's him that doesn't understand the laws. You know what I mean? And so he lined himself up for this. And now when we get in front of when we get in front of Congress, who has the right to do this, right? When it was a Republican Congress, they weren't asking the question. That's why we didn't hear anything for these two years. That's just the way it works. And now we get in, con- in front of Congress. The Democrats are in front of you. Have, you have um, a representative coming who did a great job. You know what I mean? Uh, but he, you have him running the hearings. And if you notice, you guys are absolutely right. The Republicans are not going to ask him a question on the merits or the facts. They didn't want to ask about the checks. They, con- they almost conceded that these are all facts. They didn't want to talk about any of the things he said, all the evidence that he had. Their sound bites were for Fox News and for, and for Donald Trump. You know what I mean? They didn't mm-hmm. want to address the things that he said, that he gave no quarter to any of that. None of them asked them question about Donald Trump. And those are the interesting things. So I'm glad y'all watched that shit. Because guess what? All of the, all hearings end up being kind of like that. Because everything gets partisan. And, and it's hard to exactly explain that or see that or, or, or tell you exactly what's going on. Because you'll, you usually just see them one-on-one saying these things. And they sound very sincere. But really, this is what really happens. If it's on national TV... They have to take their stance, and it has to be far to the other side of the of the governing party. Mm-hmm. What was the? I forget the sister's name, but um, who was who was the congresswoman that uh, got under um, the one that got under uh, Mark Meadows' yeah. uh, skin? I think it was the Meadows. new, 
Yeah, yeah. She she's a she's a new congresswoman. She came in with AOC and Omar and, and Congressman Omar mm-hmm. and then all the rest of that. She's she's from um I, I believe the Detroit area. I think she's in Michigan, but I, I'm almost positive it's Detroit. You're right. And um yeah, and and yeah, she she listen, she said what we were basically hearing. The the two Congress people before her said basically said the same thing. AOC and the other sister, they basically asked the same questions. You know what I mean? But what she did is she took it further and said, well, even parading somebody out is some many would consider it to be racist. It and is. what and what? Yeah, no, it is. But she's not. Allowed. See, this is a this is where people don't understand, don't all know the rules of Congress. And this is why Mark Meadows wanted to put a call to order. You know, Congress people are not allowed to attack each other in that way. Yeah, it's like it's like against the rules. So they have to they have to address the um. The, the person on the stand, but they're not allowed to attack each other in that way. So she worded it correctly and she meant exactly what she said, but he still wasn't let, willing to let it go because he knew how damaging that was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, I don't know, like I felt weird, weird about coming at that point because he was, he was giving one of the, one of the, the least partisan, uh, um, running of the hearings that that I have seen, you know what I mean. Like usually, you see a lot more partisanship and a, and a lot more quarter to one side. But he was he was willing to hear them out. It, it, it was it was really good. And then and then when he defended Meadows, I was like, well, brother, why are you defending him in this way? But I understood when he gave his final statement and he said, this is not what this is about. Like y'all sitting there talking about like this is the first hearing when we actually had three hearings before this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When we had actual people, we were dealing with with uh, prescription drugs and all the rest of that. They, he he broke it down, and he broke down how they weren't really willing to ask questions, and and how he was praying for this honesty, and how he, and how he wanted these things on record. Like that was all important because everything that happened on that day, and Alex actually kept on saying it. You know what I mean? Like on that day, but I didn't want to really. T- I just let Alex go because you know what I mean. I, I, I was kind of cool that we were all watching, but Alex kept on saying it. he was like, Yo, "Who are these names?" He just brought up another name. Oh, this dude, he's going to really get it. And I'm like, yo, you're right, because this is all lining up the new cases that they're going to have. Getting um, Donald Trump's uh, uh, tax records, all the businesses that, that, that they just tapped in, you know what I mean? When, when they just got, um, demanded all the records from all his businesses, all of this stuff was lined up from that one hearing that we just got to see on national television. Mm-hmm. So that's why all of that was important. And the thing about this one here, right, I just want to get down to it, like, we heard all of this stuff. Cohen gave all of this damaging like testimony, and he has like things to like back it all up. Does this get us anywhere closer to having like Trump really nah. get the get, get you know what I'm saying like impeachment nah, or that? It, Can I be real with you? No, yeah. nah. they weren't. They, Dem- Democrat. All right. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm gonna ask you guys a question. Let's be <clears throat> interactive. No. I, I, matter of fact, I'll just I'll just point it, put it point blank. Period, y'all. Y'all remember when Bill Clinton was impeached, right? Or try to sure. He, no, no. They no, it's impeachment. They don't, impeachment yeah, is the, the trial. trial. It's not. It's a, it's a yeah. political trial. So right. they they literally impeached. They, they literally impeach impeached. Him. Yeah. yeah, but you you remember when when it happened it was over the um, Monica Lewinsky scandal? They said he lied on the stand. Etc. He, he debated the word is, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know that they that that he won the election that 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 midterm, it was a huge onslaught of victory for the Republican Party. So it was it was m- a massive number of Republicans and conservatives that that um, that got into office in the House and impeached him. And then 
Bill Clinton won his second term two years later. Overwhelmingly so. People didn't care. They weren't trying to hear all of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't it wasn't enough to affect the people. So if you if you notice Democrats that are that are actually holding office are not mentioning the impeachment word. It's Republicans that keep on mentioning it. The Democrats call it the I word. If, if you look at if you would have kept on watching, you saw a representative coming, giving his first interview after that. He said he said, if you notice, it was the Republicans that mentioned the I word. We don't mention the I word here. That's not what we're after. We're after the information. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not going to get Donald Trump out of office that way. It's going to have to come through a vote. He, the, the, we, I have to concede that fact that even the, even after the Mueller investigation comes through, it doesn't matter what he's done, is going to have to come through a vote. As of today, he still has 88% of the Republican Party, and today he has 46% of the, um, of the, of the, the vote in the national election. Now, when it comes down to versus a Democrat, he only has 41%. But as far as, far as as far as how, how well he's doing versus doing horrible, he's at 46% right now. And they, did a, they did a poll, I, I believe it was the NBC Wall Street Journal poll, they did a poll on, on who's to believe. Cohen was believed 50%, Donald Trump's side 35%. That's huge, y'all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's still, it's still close enough to say that none of this really matters in the grand scheme of things. It just helps galvanize people to vote when it comes to a general election. Yeah. I mean, it, it was good television, you know what I'm saying? Good good political theater and all of that. And uh, yeah, yeah. it was definitely worth watching. And I'll definitely try to catch more things like this in the future. It's good to be informed, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely good right. to be informed. Alex, how'd you feel about it, though? Yeah, just to close that out, I just want, I just want to point out a few things that I saw on it that was real pertinent to me that I heard. The Democrats, each and every time they referred to Trump, they referred to him as President Trump. And these are just things that I noticed. They were never referred to him as President Trump. They always referred to him as Mr. Trump. I found that I found that very interesting. And the whole piece where Michael Cohen was talking about Felix Sater, I thought was incredible with the Russian mobster having an office in the Trump Organization building as well. And the name Alan Weisselberg, I think that's a name you're going to hear when it comes to the second district court when they start to go further into their um, investigation into the Trump organization. But we want to put a wrap on that for right now, but it's definitely going to be something that's ongoing. A lot's going to more is going to come, excuse me, a lot more is going to come out as the weeks go on. But, you know, this to me was a very, even though it was a lot of information that we had to talk about, this is something that I think is kind of, Uh, near and dear dear to all of our hearts being as African-American men. Some of us are parents. Some of us are, uh, are, um, excuse me, uncles to children, godfathers to children. And what happened with the Stephon Clark case in Sacramento with the officer getting off. Um, I'm going to go to UB right away because I have have limited information I want to be. And I think this is important that we don't mince words and we don't get any facts incorrect. So I want to go. I want to go ahead and let you jump that off. Um. Okay. I mean, Stephon Clark got got killed by the police. I mean, we actually saw it on camera in his grandmother's backyard. They thought he was um, smashing windows, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. And uh, 
so then they believe then they believed that he had a gun, which ended up being a cell phone. Um, some six, I believe it was six shots in in his back. Yeah, six or seven. Um, caught, like yeah, like it was about the. I think the coroner said six shots actually hit his back. It was eight, they fired twenty times. <laughs> he got hit eight times. Yeah. Six of those shots were directly into his back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to me, it's you know, to me, it's it's unexcusable. It seems like an assassination. I, I actually remember watching the video at the time. Um, I had to watch it a couple times just because you know, like I'm triggered by that. You know what I mean? Like I'm triggered by the gunshots. I'm triggered by the police students. You know, I'm triggered by all of it. And so I had to watch it a couple times, and I watched it, and was, and, and it didn't seem justified but I, I think the problem that i have is the bar should be higher even if the police do feel like they were scared the bar should be higher when it comes to just yelling out that, that somebody has a gun you know what i mean like they had a helicopter there were several police around you know what i mean like and there was just one person and they unloaded on this dude that i mean that's really what i see i, I I have a hard time um, getting to the other side on this. Like, I want somebody else to bring I'll me up. Go to well, the other yeah. side. Okay. I love it. All right. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I see, like, just like to recap the story, like Damn. you said, they, the police, they got a, they said they got a call that somebody was breaking um, car Window. windshields, windows or something. And I don't know if they chased this man. And he they ran, did. They chased this man. To to his backyard, his grandmother's, grandmother's backyard, mm-hmm. and uh, someone said he had a gun, and then they unloaded, like you said, twenty shots, and then they then after they shot him, they were making sure that they were okay, the officers and stuff like, oh, you you are you good you good, and they were scared to go handcuff this man that they just shot in cold blood. Now, mm. when I try to look on the other side of this, right. I say, okay, you got the police officers out there trying to do their job. Yeah. And it's a, and I mean, I salute the officers out there doing their job, doing it the right way. You know what I'm saying? So you got these guys out there doing their job. They think they found a guy who's a threat. They chase him. They think they see a gun or they on edge. And then they unload it because they think their life's in danger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the other side of it. But like you said, there should be a higher, like, higher level of, like, proof or something. There should be something else. Joe, like, like, here's the question that I got for all of y'all. Like, you, we all always see these, these cases where it's a white dude who's killed multiple people, and they just arrest him. There's a white dude who has several guns, and they just arrest him. Mm-hmm. It's a black dude He's unarmed. He gets murdered. I think it's a combination of the fear that folks have for black folks. A combination of the fear and the lowered um, value of black lives. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a combination of those two things. Like I, I and I can't say I can't say all these folks is like racist. You know what I'm saying? I can't say all of them are scared of black folks. But for shit to be that lopsided. It's one or the other, or a little bit of both. You know what I'm saying? And but you, mm-hmm. what's up? Nah, my bad. What's up? No, no, go ahead, Joe. No, no, no. You go in. Perfect. Well, I was just, gonna, I was just gonna make a, a, a statement um, 
from uh, the the California Attorney General Xavier Becerra. He was saying that the Department of Justice findings. He was trying to be very clear that the investigation that was handled was independent of the actual DA's review. And he said the uh-huh. Department of Justice findings include, you know, conclude that Clark Stefan Clark advanced significantly toward the officers, and it was clear there was something in his hand that made a bright light. Which we found out was his phone. Which was his phone. Which was his phone. Yeah, I'm just giving the other side for yeah, know, what, I, he's, what he's right. What he no, nah, no. Nah, of course, we're gonna definitely have rebuttal to it, but that was his point in saying why he found the officers innocent that they felt they were in significant danger because he made an advance and there was a bright light in his hand, which we learned was his cell phone, if I'm not I, mistaken. I just want to address something Joe said. Like you know, he said, "Well, I can't say that they're racist," or and you know, I can. Again, like, um, you know, I, I hate to keep on going back to these types of thoughts, but it's a fact that not all racists know that they're racist. You know what I mean? Like, see, a lot of white people don't believe that racism actually exists. They think, oh, I'm a good person, and so I'm not a racist, you know what I mean? And then they're okay with the black people that they themselves know. You know what I mean? So, So they think that that's okay, but then they see the black person that they don't know, the one that doesn't look like any of their kids, and then he's a threat. And they think of all the images that, they th- that, that they've garnered up throughout the years, you know what I mean? And that in and of itself is also racist. It just is. I'm sorry I can't give that, I can't give you cover. It deserves more conversation because it is racist. It's like, it's like when you get on a plane and you see somebody in a hijab, mm-hmm. right? Not everybody is going to have the same reaction to that. Now, you have a prejudice. It's been created through the movies and through actual, through maybe 9-11 and, and through things that, that the, our former presidents have said, like, or even the current presidents have said. I mean, now you can see it with the Mexicans and the way, they, and the way they're treated and you look at it. Like, like the, our environment garners certain mentalities and ideas <laughs> And then when it comes time, it's muscle memory, and we look at it and we're like, uh, no, F that. And black people, black men, black males have been demonized. Young black youth have been demonized. Look, remember, do remember how they looked at hip-hop, right? They had, they had rock and roll where dudes was eating the heads off of bats and biting snakes and all the rest of that. And then they had black men who rhymed to a beat. And they called them the thugs, right? And they said, oh, this is the fad that's going to go away. Where rock and roll go? We don't even know. That's done, right? But hip-hop is the best marketed entity in the world. We make sugar from dog shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, too, is a threat. Black masculinity, us taking their women. All of these are threats. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the coolest people on the planet. When we go into yeah. a room and their women see it, they want to be biased. Who, why would they want to be biased some cornball that don't even know how to jive with them? You know, you know what I mean? But he can really get the, down. You know what but the, 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 the illest shit, though, the illest shit is like, like you said, there's all these prejudices, you know what I mean? But the weird thing about prejudice would be like, are we? are you wrong to like prejudge somebody? To take what you think is reality and put it on that person, or from like experiences or what you've been told, it de- it depends on the situation. I- I'll tell you one thing: like I, 
I, I always say this because I have this conversation actually a lot. And I always say, shit, ever since I've been a pawn, I'm pre- prejudging everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. I'm prejudging the hell out of everybody. I'm prejudging the parents. Of a girl, of a, fe- of a female. I want to know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking at what y'all going to become in life. I'm looking at all that shit. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So I do, I understand where you're coming from with that, Joe. But also there's a humanity aspect to it. And there's a higher bar aspects to it. And I don't have a gun. Right? I don't have a license. I don't have, I don't have a badge. And then to be clear, you're in a state where you can carry one. Yeah, but that's not even what I'm talking about. Okay, gotcha. My bad. I, like, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the police. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Okay, like, gotcha, not, gotcha, gotcha. I don't carry that authority that they, that they carry. Understood. And so, and so when you listen to Colin Kaepernick, and, 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 I, and I went back in, uh, about a week ago, and I was listening to a lot of the statements that he made during the period of time. Just I was just going back. And, and, he, and if you remember, he said, listen, uh, you know, there are women who go to cosmetology school and have to have more education on Tra- their and training, yeah. and training on their field than the police officers do. Yeah. We don't have community policing anymore. And that's the problem. We just don't. Like, when I, was growing up, when I was growing up, man, my uncle, my uncle could be outside playing his guitar, smoking cigarettes, and drinking alcohol and every, on anybody's front porch. You know what I mean? And you know what? The police knew him, so it floated. I remember the first time he went to somebody else's community and tried the same thing, and they maced him. I had to go get him from the jail. This is a fact. Community policing matters. Knowing, the, knowing who's in your community and knowing, and knowing how they move, all of that matters, man. You know what I mean? And, and, and so, like, you don't look at them as a thug. It's the kid that you seen turn from 13 to 18. He made some bad choices in his life, but you know his mom and them. It's different. Right. The fear of us is, 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 is the fear that they have of us is way different than the reality of us. And I'm speaking as African-Americans and as people of color versus what we were talking about specifically. So they need training the, if they right. want to carry a badge. In mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is this, you're going to go out there and you're going to prejudge things. You know what I'm saying? There's a big difference between prejudging something and being prejudiced. You know what I'm saying? When you prejudice, you take in your, your premature judgments and you are being real negative with it and going, and you, you just, I take that's the negative part. You know what I'm saying? When you prejudge something, when you go into it, you don't have like everything you need. But you have like a little, like a little, little bit, little bits and pieces of it. That's smart. You know what I'm saying? That's because you're gonna have to judge the situation before you get into it. So when it comes down to it, you talked about the community but police. I have, a, I have a question about that. But go ahead, y'all. I want to have a question. After <clears throat> I'm, just, I'm just saying we, when uh, Brian, you talking about community police, and that's that's not yeah. being it. That is that's the whole basis because you're not gonna. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are, unless you like some crazy racist. You're not gonna like. Blast some dude that you know his grandmother and shit. You know what I'm saying, or yeah. you know his family. You know that even if he was doing little knucklehead shit, you know he's not running around with a pistol because you know the motherfuckers that are. And that, that's yeah. that's I mean that shit. But what, what are you saying, Alex? But my question was going to be, and I want Anthony chime in. My question was going to be, you talk about um, pre judgments that you have. It's a difference if you have a pre judgment and I'm a civilian. But when you take the oath to be an officer of the law, no matter what, whether it be a lawyer or whatever it is that you're going to become, I have, I have different expectations. So, and plus, when you say pre-ju- pre-judgments, how long have you been living with that prejudgment? 
You understand what I'm saying? Like, suppose you grew up in a certain neighborhood, your contact with African Americans was at the least. Because that's a lot of what, going back to what you were talking about, what B was talking about with community policing, we have a lot of these cops that are policing our areas that didn't grow up in our areas and they didn't grow up coming in contact with us. Mm-hmm. And, I, and when I say us, I mean black, brown, Asian, whatever you may be, that is the opposite of what a lot of majority of the police officers that may be in your area. So you don't have contact with them growing up. They don't have anything understanding of your culture or anything like that. Your prejudgment starts where? So let's just say your prejudgment starts at eight. And you don't have contact with us. So now you 24, you pass the, you, you come out the police academy. That's, you, you understand what I'm saying? That's 16 years of prejudgment that you have built up inside of you. Of fear. Of fear of, of just the fear because you have not had any re- real contact with us. And now you put in this neighborhood to now police it. But you know how does that work? That, though, it's like even if you come in with all of that shit, as soon as you get into that like police force or whatever, there should be people there that put you up on game on who's who. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. even if you come into it, like we can't take. I'm about can't, to say that we can't think that point, okay, Joe. some random white kid from the burbs that don't know know too many black people and never really came in contact with him. He could be right. a cop. And if he becomes a cop in an area yeah. where there happen to be a, a significant amount of like people of color, that's cool. And he could come in there and be like, "Oh, I'm a little shook of black people, uh, Hispanics. I don't know, they're a little sketchy." You can come in with that, but you better get game immediately from the folks there. Like, look, these are folks that you really need to worry about. And yeah. for the most part, all these other people, fuck them. Just say what's up. No, not fuck them, but you know. Yeah, no, I know they're, they're not, not a threat. They're not the threat. Like, here's the thing, man. Like, I, I, you know, like if you, if you, if if you're white and you live, and you live in, um, you know, not even the suburbs, like, but in affluent communities, like you, like people always treat the hood like it's 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 just a whole bunch of people selling drugs and shooting, like it's not right. Like, and and yeah. people act like the, it's not like, like the Wild Wild West. Yeah, and they, they they forget that it's grandmothers and aunts that are, that are actually making dinner for other people in in, in the community. You know what I mean? Somebody makes cakes to churches, and you know what I mean? There's there's there's, there's community organizing. You know what I mean? There's real love there. That, uh, you know what I mean? Like there's even the bootleg man. You know what I mean? Like there's different stuff. That that people just put past and they just think like if you watch it, man. I, I I'm sorry, man. I, like I I sit and listen to some people talk about it because they love people love to talk about it now, especially with with hip hop. Um, you know what I mean? Like they they try to act like they're they're harder than they are. And they and you know a lot of you could tell when somebody just doesn't understand what a community is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They think oh everybody there got to be a thug and they ask you what they they care, they ask somebody where they're from, not understanding. You know what I mean? The fundamentals of of the type of environments that you're from, the type of families you're from, that actually matters. You know what I mean? Like, and I just think that all of this stuff gets perpetuated in these mentalities. And like, I listen to these people say, "Oh yeah, I know hip hop." You know what I mean? But they didn't grow up in in these in these communities, yeah. and so they look at it a certain way. Like even these women who are, who lust over these over these men, and they say they want to have a thug, and they, and they're not from these communities. Like, even that's a form of fetishizing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm a dead serious. Like I start thinking about that sometimes, and I'm like, "Yo, like you, you're looking for a dude who who is ignorant, and then you can't handle somebody, a, a black male who brings mm-hmm. any intelligence towards you. You don't understand how to handle that, except for denigrated. Yeah, you be having the drugs though, right? Those stupid shit. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The mentality is different, man. And I just think like it all you could play you could play ball. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it all it all lines up together. And I, I'm probably running on a tangent because I got so many thoughts uh, and feelings uh, about this. Good. But like it's just like yo, damn. Like uh like I feel like it all lines up, man. So like I appreciate what Joe just said because he's right. And that's that was what I was thinking when Joe when Alice was talking too, because it is one hundred percent true. That you can be I, there. There are preconceptions that I had about different people and cultures when I was just stuck in one community and didn't know anybody. I had one community and then I had school. You know what I mean? And so I didn't go to school in my community, so it was just different. You know what I mean? So it was just like th- those are the only ways that I understood people, right? So I had preconceptions about things until I left, and now when I when I look back and I see and I have still have a lot of family members. And a lot of people were very close to me in my family that had preconceptions or, or, or thoughts about people that, that, that aren't actually true. Well, I have, you know what? To, I'll be straight up. And I, I have prejudgments about police officers. Yeah. And I think we all may do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, you, you, you understand you what I'm saying? You have to. Like, we have, we have prejudgments. We have prejudgments. I grew up in the time. If you're a black male, you I have always, that prejudgments. About yeah. yeah, I, grew up, I, always, I, yeah I always say this. I grew up in a time in New York when it was TNT where they could just straight, oh, we see a bunch of people hanging in front of the store. We locking up everybody. I'm 12. All I'm doing is going to get to the store. My mom's told me to go to the store, get some milk. How am I getting locked up? They just come with the patty back and everybody going to jail. For what? I got milk. I would, my mom's call my mom. We ain't calling nobody. Everybody got to go to jail. Yeah. And then you get picked up and however you get picked up. And everybody, we all have a story that's like that where you come in contact with police, where your parents may have warned you and told you about yeah. police, but you never experienced so you kind of walk around blindly and then you have that moment and you'd be like, oh, this is what my pops or my moms or my brother or my whoever may have been that influence in your life that was telling you about that. Like, oh, and the this first is what they thing they about. do is they try to take your power. They do that to black right. males. They, I've never seen... Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I love watching some of these cop shows with this real-life cop. They don't try to take the power away from, from these white dudes. I don't care how evil or bad they are. They don't ever try to mentally try to denigrate them or make them feel like they're nobody. But the first thing they do with the young black youth or even middle-aged black youth, they try to take their power. They try to denigrate them. Right. Make them feel like they're I'm, less than, or make, or make them right. feel like they're better than you, and that's what I'm looking at, man. Yeah, and so it's hard. Right. Like when you say, when, when you say, yeah, we all we all have feelings about police, and we all have prejudices about the police because we have to. Right. Because listen, man, the, it, 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 it's a fact. Like, like the, it, I never really thought about going out and, and um shooting up police like that, right? But I know the police out here <clears throat> shooting up us. So what I'm gonna do? That's yeah. a helpless mentality that we that we have. I don't want to see a police officer. I remember when I had used to have anxiety when I used to see a police officer. No doubt. You know what I mean? Hey, yo, I live I'm, in Wakanda, so I don't really have them anxiety. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I'm stupid. Nah, I'm just that ass serious. <laughs> like, like my police officers be black. Even when they pull me over, they be telling me they'll tell me I did some stupid shit, and I'll be like, "Damn, officer, you right." And either I get a ticket or I don't. You understand what I'm saying? It's different out here, right? But right. Like, and I and I want to go to a story, and I'm I'm gonna go to Aunt after this. I was watching Dale Healy. He was talking about when he was eight years old, his first encounter with the cops. And I don't know if people saw it or heard about it. He was talking about he was simply walking home from school, him and his friend. And the police, and it was a, a couple of white officers, two white officers pulled him over. And he said they were asking him about somebody in the neighborhood. And they was like, yo, we, we don't know who you're talking about. Like, what you talking about? So the cops got out the car, told him put their hands on the car. And he said, yo, the car is hot. You know, it's California's son. He, he was like, yo, the car's hot. So they took the, they touched the car. They took the hands off real quick. 
because it was on the engine part and, they, and it was hot, so they took their hands apart. He said the cop put his put his gun to the back of his head, said, "Nigga, if you don't put your hands on the car, I'm gonna blow your fucking brains out." And he's and that's eight years old. So let's just put that in perspective. You know what I'm saying? That's eight years old. And that's your first encounter with the police that are that have written on the car to serve and protect. Go ahead, Ant. The problem that you're going to run into, obviously, and it's going to happen, especially when regards to police force, is simply this. When they come with a preconceived notion that you're less than a human and they don't need much evidence to kind of reinforce that. I don't mean the interaction with other black people. This thing that they hear, they think, they think these notions that come into their mind, it almost in the back of their mind subconsciously gives them right or reason to do the things that they do. They're not, they don't see you as a person. They don't see you as a man or a woman or whatever. They see you as black. If they see you as black, they're going to see you as less than. But the problem really, really needs to be resolved. Because there, it's not just this Stefan Clark incident. It's just the way and the mentality of certain officers. In January, there was an officer in Kentucky who was actually fired last year in November because he said something based along the lines of, if I see, you see black kids smoking weed, shoot black kids. In January, it was the, I think it wasn't a commissioner, but it was a high-ranking official in New York City who, there was going to be like a charity boxing event like that, said, you see 50 Cent, shoot him on sight. Hmm. There's no rhyme and there's no reason for that. There's no need. He's actually doing a charitable thing. But your idea, even if you're saying as a joke, it's not funny. Especially with the long history of over-policing in these neighborhoods, the violence that they bring towards it, and the absolute protection that they always seem to be covered under. So to even joke like that or say, like, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean to say it in that context, but you said it. And for you to say it, you had to think it. And if you're thinking right. it, that's part of the problem. You already are putting us at a notch below mm-hmm. humanity. Mm-hmm. So when these things happen, and it just makes us angry, it makes us frustrated, it makes us furious because, like, we always say no justice, no peace, but there's never justice. And then there's never peace. And like, like Brian said, it gets to a point of hopelessness, of hopelessness. It wears at you after a very long time. You're just thinking, I just want someone to go to jail. Not all of y'all, but let's just start with one. And we haven't even gotten to that mark yet. And the whole thing about it, it, just, it, it depresses you. It does eat you up inside because you know that there are plenty of people who look like us, who have families, who have daughters, who have mothers, brothers, uncles, everything else to that degree. And the problem is that we see each other as that. We see each other as blood, as family, as people. Mm-hmm. And the people that are supposed to be protecting us just do not. And then they wonder why we say fuck the police. They wonder why we're not supportive. We wonder when they have an active investigation. We don't want to talk to you. Like, why would you want us to give you information about something when you was kicking my man head in two days ago for some shit he ain't do? I think the thing is, the thing is, the police are occupying force in our neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Like, like Alex keeps on bringing up New York, and, and it's very true. Like, say if, you're, if you live, in, there, there's a money aspect of it too, and there's a money aspect of it to the city. Like, you get somebody in the system, you know what I mean? You you get you 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 both get some money, and you keep them, and you keep a record of them. If you're stand, if you come home from work and you're standing in front of your building smoking a cigarette or talking to one of your friends. They can pick you up for loitering. You get a ticket, and if you don't have the money to pay for that hundred and fifty dollar ticket, or you don't have the the ability to take time off to go to court for that, then you have a bench warrant. 
You know what I mean? So the, the, the prices and the costs go up and you just become part of this system, man. And this system that they keep on trapping it. And then we, we, we talk about things like the prison industrial complex, like it's nothing. It's something. Uh-huh. And there's a mentality that just, that, that's just perpetuated it throughout this, this whole thing that just says, man, this is the new slavery, man. Just get black people in jail. And then they keep on talking about like, we're, every time it's like when a gun is in front of us is saying, well, we're not afraid of the gun. Oh yeah, he he came towards us. Mike Brown ran towards the gun. You know what I mean? Stephon moved towards the gun. You know what I mean? Like it's always everybody's not and everybody's uh, moving towards all these guns. Like I I, I, I ran all the time, but I stopped and turned back towards the gun. Come on, man, let's be real. Yeah. We I mean, we have fears. We're human. You know, like this 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 these are matters of fact, man. It, it, and I don't understand. I mean, the whole crazy. I mean, the craziest thing to me is like they'll do they'll put it on anybody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's one thing. Like, there are people that will see a gun. You know what I'm saying? There's brothers out there that will see the gun and be like, oh, fuck your gun. You know what I'm saying? There are those yeah, people. Yeah, they'll fire back, though, usually. Yeah, they'll fire back. Or they might be so, like, hyped that they'll be like, fuck your gun. But that's a subculture. That's like that's yeah. like gang shit. It's just totally fucked up individuals. That's not the whole culture. That's not the whole society. But when it comes to black people, they try to act like that subculture, that gang shit, that, like... That super nigga, I don't give a fuck, super predator shit. You know, they try to act like that's within all of us. When yeah. we'll be more scared, we are more scared. More scared of you. Of you than, shit, we scared of every, we scared of the motherfuckers that you think that we are. And we're scared of yeah. the problem, and we're scared of We're you. paranoid as hell. Yeah. But the problem, Joe, with what you're saying, where where I'm sorry, not Joe. I think it was Ed that made the point where, or somebody made the point where they talk about, oh, he turned back, oh, he did this, oh, he did that. When you look at the Laquan McDonald situation, like that is so, such the opposite of what we hear and what we see. In, like, let's just talk about this report. Oh, he has something bright in his hand, and he turned, and he signif- he significantly made an advance towards us. Okay, so if that's your if that's if that's your frame of reference for letting these officers off, then what are you doing with Laquan with the Laquan McDonald situation? Who was walking away? Who had his back turned? You can't like you can't level off one and then not have the same consequences that go against with the other. Like what are you saying? Either either we turn our back and you shoot us and you're still not guilty, or we facing you with our hands in the air and still guilty. So what are you supposed to do Crazy in a situation? man. There's no rationalization <clears throat> for this. It, 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 it's what, it's, it's what um, Zach, I'm about to screw up a James Baldwin quote, but he, but he said, he said, like, you'll, paraphrase. Yeah, you'll, I'm, I'm going to have to paraphrase. And he's, he's like, well, you'll, you'll, look at, you'll look at people in other countries and, and, and say, give us liberty or give us death. And you'll and you'll praise them and call them heroes, and black people will be literally in your same country saying the same exact thing, and you look at them as thugs and devils. You know what I mean? Like there's no. It, he said that back in the, in the early seventies. So it's it's not it's not there's no difference. You know what I mean? Like the the mentality is is that they that we're here, and they don't want us here. Hmm. You know what I mean, no matter what they say. It's real, man. They don't. And no, it's real. It is. It is. Sit. You know what I mean? I honestly, like I it, honestly, go ahead, um, be my bad. No, nah, like no, but I, I was just gonna say, like I, you know, I know that we have roles, and so like it, it's an extreme to say like they don't want us here. Like, like it's it, it's it's like a, 
it's like a it's like a, a a necessary annoyance for them. You know what I mean? We don't we we have more rights than they would like us to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. We we have our culture not being theirs and not being attached to theirs. It's it's so far fetched for them. Like we us not talking like them, not moving like them, and then. And then what we are becoming the popular thing, especially with the children, is a far-fetched thing for them. It makes them angry. It upsets them. You know what I mean? Like, why aren't y'all more like us? We're the standard. You know what, though? I'll say this, right? I talk about, like, you know, our culture and stuff like that. And then, like, you know, subcultures are, like, more so, like, countercultures, like the wild-ass motherfuckers that go against, like, the general. And... I got to shoot white folks a little bit of bail, which is crazy because I'm, I'm not that guy. But I think the majority of white people really don't care about what black folks are doing. No, no, I don't believe that. I, at think, all, I think the majority of white folks really are indifferent to black folk shit. I don't think. No, I, I, think, I, I, I think, think. No, actually, I, I said that earlier, yeah. Joe. Listen, think, that's what I said. I, I said they that. don't believe that racism actually exists. No. But I said you could still be racist with that mentality, just because your everyday life, like, like, they, because you're, you're the, you're the, you're the majority. You know what I mean? You and and not just in numbers, but in in influence. You know what I mean? You are the majority, the oh, power. No, so no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't saying all that. I was just saying. I was just saying. I am. I was just saying. I was just saying that. Most of the white people are indifferent to black people to the point where they don't really care if we're here or not as long as we just don't disrupt their existence. I don't believe that. And no, well, no, 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 no. because no, they don't no, see no, us. No, I agree no, with them. I agree with them. As long as I'll say this, but I'm not saying that to say that they don't, even though they're indifferent, us, they don't have like, you know, a, a certain like prejudice. That they get right. from like you know either TV, either from the movies, or they might say yeah. the music. You know what I'm saying? Even right. though even though Drake is the most famous rapper in the world right now, and the next one be like Jay Z, and they probably all love have Jay Z over for dinner. Not all of them. Is that you know counterculture, motherfuckers that would want to lynch Drake or Jay Z? But that ain't the norm. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe that. And the reason I don't believe that okay. is because I firmly believe that it's a fear. It's a fear. It's a fear of you being better than me. And I view you as lesser. So the audacity for you to feel that you could go be president or you can go run your own label or you can own your own streaming service. Yeah, but you have Joe's- the power. But I if just, Joe, I just if think Joe is saying fair. that that they don't wake up every day thinking. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. If you, you come I mean? into like, their I, world I, 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 I would make them that. feel less yeah. than, then yeah, yeah. If you if you have that, but that's that's not everybody. That's yeah, I, I I believe that there are white like like you there are white like, people who never who like 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 if you read Michelle Obama's book when she first got to Princeton and the white girl that was in her class uh, that was in her dorm. She she uh, left her dorm because she never she didn't her parents and nobody wanted her staying staying in with a black person having their stuff touched a black person. That girl never really dealt with black people before. You know what I mean? So she probably never really thought about it. She probably didn't think about it the first day. It was just a weird thing. Oh, they're black, and then her parents gave her. She was like, "Oh, there's a black person." Then her parents gave her clarity for it. You know what I mean? That's that. So like then, so you know, if so, Joe is right. Like 
she, she probably didn't spend her life thinking about black people. They just had a mini a mini bias, and then you get around one, and then it becomes a major bias. Because of what though? Where was that major bias come from? What do you? What, what's slavery, the basis? Dogs. Okay. Slavery, okay. man. No, I'm because, just, because right, because I'm just saying the basis. A, no, yeah. I'm gonna break it down. No, no, you ask the question, I'm gonna answer. Go for it. If a people owned another people, mm-hmm. right? If people, a, a captured people, and you had these people doing all these things for you for free, at what point in time do you start looking them, at them as equals? You don't. The, the Public Housing Act of 1964 was when civil rights, the civil rights, and the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is when the civil rights movement actually started becoming legislated. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It's all brand new. I don't care, like, how, like, it, it, in our lives, we've seen huge shifts in, in race culture. You know what I mean? This is all brand new. These are all open and brand new conversations. So it's still far-fetched of a mentality to say, dang, these white people who the only thing they know about us is that, yeah, we own, look in, look in history, look in their history books. They don't really discuss slavery that much except, except for the fact that white people own black people. And then mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln. Freed and so us. they know that. Don't you think that's? Don't you think that's an empowering thing to them? Of course, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I don't, but I they think don't, they don't talk about the extras. They don't talk about right, the castrations think, and the rules but I think of family. But I think it's because of that history that gives me that empowers me. So for the audacity for you, if I'm white and you black, being we sitting in the same classroom, for you to have them, this is what I'm learning. This is where I feel empowered. Whether I'm whether I've formulated my mind yet, or I'm being formulated as I'm in school, and it's never been quote unquote talked to me. I realize, oh shit, you mean we bought y'all here? Y'all wasn't, and y'all was slaves under us. So I'm better than you, without even knowing it. You telling me that mm-hmm. through history. So now the audacity for you to think that you could step up and rise above me—that's a fear that I have because you're supposed to be beneath me because you're only three quarters of a man to begin with. And we're just talking about when you taught in school, when you start to learn mm-hmm. through our history, the history of everything. So the, you can't be... So I I just... And I understand what Joe's saying, but I just believe it's a fear that the fact that you could rise above me, that you... And that's one of the things... And I don't, I don't want to get back into the whole Trump thing, but I'm just mentioning mm-hmm. it. The whole thing where Trump looked at Obama like, and he was so fixated. And if you hear a lot of the people, you read a lot of the books especially the uh, Chris Christie book, and he talks about the fixation that he had on Obama and going after him with the birthright and continuously attacking because the audacity of you to be president and not me. Not because, not because I'm more qualified, not because you're more qualified, but because I view you as beneath me. Uh-huh. And then continuously get into the office and then say, I'm going to erase you from history, in a sense. I'm going to erase, I'm going to, Overturn Obamacare. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do everything in my power to erase you and your memory and how great people think you are. And that's how I view how a lot of, and I don't want to condemn all white people, but how a, how a, a certain segment of the white population uh, views black people. I just want to say my little piece on this. And I think we're going to wind I'm going to say mine. Everybody no, no. say this, but here's how I see with white people, right? I say if you got 10 white people in a room, right? And you had this black person coming and he's shining, this, that, whatever. I figured good seven, eight of them white people don't give a damn. But it be them bad apples, you know what I'm saying? It be them bad apples that want to hold the brother down. And I'm going to say, some of those other white folks that really didn't give a fuck, if them bad apples get in their ear, 
and start yeah. making them feel like they less than. Oh, why you, what's the name is doing better than you? Oh, yeah, he good. But why he doing better than you? You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's just one of them things, you know what I'm saying? I think that the truly like racist people that's going to fuck you up is the subculture of white folks shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a counterculture because I'm not saying that white folks' culture just loves black people. No, it's, but it's a subculture. You got a whole bunch of folks that don't give a fuck and then you got the ones that you that, that you that you're talking about that felt empowered by slavery or by a backwards ass parents or grandparents or neighbors, whoever the fuck got in the ear and told them that if you can't be better than a the nigga, then you ain't worth shit. And you know that, that's all I got to say about. I mean, it. I'm 100. I 100 agree with what Joe just said. I really don't have anything else to add except for the fact that you know what I mean. He's he's absolutely right that that that. The, the rest of the group, the large number of the group, the loud minority is always is uh, always feels super powerful. But right. the problem is is that the problem is is that that majority that that we may be talking about would lend an ear to that loud minority, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't stop it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And at some point in time, you have to look at that as the same action. Right. That in and of itself, in and of itself, is another form of racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and racism is a is a conversation that's just going to be ongoing. Like, I don't know the answer. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows the the correct answer or how to approach it in certain yeah. ways. And it's always going to be an ongoing conversation, as many other topics that we discussed today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, I want to salute everybody that's definitely hitting the IG posts, commenting, giving us feedback. Tell us how tell us how great we sound. Tell us how trashy we sound. We want all the smoke and we want all the compliments. Bring it all. Definitely comp- uh, comment on anything that you see on our IG page, which is better than you pod. DM us. DM us if there's a comment you want to make. DM us if there's a, something a topic that you think you we, we should uh, be tackling. And until next time, we tune in. Peace.